Games Podcast, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for this evening, Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm Ram Ismail. And I'm Osama Darius. Is it evening? You know, it's that time of the year when uh, when Sweden is starting its uh, descent into darkness. It's just evening all the time now. <laughs> and it's just evening all the time. <laughs> you wake up, you're like, good evening, y'all. Yeah, exactly. You wake up like, oh, it's still dark. And then right. you, if you blink, you'll miss the sunlight. And then it's right. dark again. <laughs> the Netherlands days are, are getting shorter, but they're not, they never get that short. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would guess as we're recording this, it's, uh, yeah, the sun is going towards sunset. I think I have like an hour and a half left. An hour and a half. Wow. Right. What are you going to do with all that time? Sit in a dark room recording a podcast. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> it's perfect. We don't want you to get sunburned or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not easily get sunburned. That's one one benefit to whatever Arab DNA I might have, but I don't sunburn easily. Oh my god, I am the exact opposite. I actually like I always say I'm like the most genetically ill-equipped person to be born in the desert. <laughs> like I burn in seconds. I'm like the whitest wow. guy wow. I know. <laughs> and I and I like you know did the thing is like with some of my Swedish friends I put my my hand like my arm next to theirs and I'm still paler. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like super wow. pale because I get burned so easily. Uh, yeah, I, I do not get burned. I don't. I don't. I cannot remember the last time I got sunburned, and it's not because I don't go outside. Wow. I, I think I'm somewhere in between because I, I do get sunburned, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot. When we went to to Cuba last time, I think we were there for five days before I got sunburned. Out of the seven days that we were there, my, my wife was got sunburned on the first day. <laughs> but so like I, I have some tolerance to it, but you know it's not. Not immunity, like you guys are lucky in New Zealand. It was uh, in New Zealand. I don't know if you guys know, but like uh, the the thinnest ozone layer in the world is right. like over that region of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even on an outcast day, if you're not careful, you can like you can get super burnt really quickly. Like the sun is really harsh. I did not get sunburned in New Zealand either. Wow, <laughs> man! Like it's so common. Like the sun is so harsh over there. Like you know, like at the supermarket checkout, you'll find like gum and like chocolate. They mm-hmm. also have like tubs yeah. of sunscreen. Yep. <laughs> you know, on your way out, make sure to always have some. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. I mean, it was intense. It was definitely intense sun. I remember thinking like, ooh, yeah. wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, but did not get sunburned. As a bald man, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know if you're walking around without putting sunblock on your head, even on, a, uh, on an outca- day. overcast day, um, yeah. It's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. I just like I like that the conclusion is like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was this one time when I was like um, uh, I had friends visiting in Jordan and we were mm-hmm. out and I'm showing them around. I took them to Wadi Rum, so I was like out there in the desert and we were mm-hmm. in the back of a pickup and I forgot to bring sunblock with me. What a rookie Uh-oh. mistake! Oh. So I was like, all right, my my neck is gonna burn, so I'm gonna put my cap backwards oh. to protect my neck. But I also forgot that, you know, there's an opening (laughs) (laughs) of the cap on the other side. So I had like um, a dome-shaped burn on my head for a good two weeks after that. Two weeks? How do you cover that? Like yeah, hats, I guess. I don't cover it. It's just start peeling and stuff. And then put the hat regular. That's how you cover it to someone. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also got the same bird on the back of Zed. And then it was just <laughs> then we didn't know how to, he's just rotating the hat to hide the previous <laughs> bird. You know those chickens you buy from the grill? They're like on a stick and you're just rotating them around. Put <laughs> your head. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I I genuinely cannot remember my last sunburn. I don't, I don't. Wow. May, yeah, I don't remember at all. Yeah, I don't know was, if it happened. Mine was literally my honeymoon, <laughs> Cuba, <laughs> with my wife. That was like a hundred years ago. <laughs> just, just to be abundantly clear, clear for Frank, the CIA agent that listens to us. <laughs> I know we've mentioned Cuba ten times in the first like. 10 I, minutes I'm of Canadian. This I'm allowed to go. Why is, why is it always Osama that's mentioning all the CIA triggering <laughs> messages? <laughs> he either wants to crash land planes in a flight simulator or right. he wants to travel travel to Cuba 
Look, I'm very the, excited the, for a story about North Korea next week. <laughs> the truth is, I just really want to meet the CIA just listening to our <laughs> podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, Osama, you probably already have, but you don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, Frank, have a good one. We'll talk. We'll talk next episode. You know, Bye, speaking Frank. of agents, I uh, <laughs> I watched uh, Agent uh, James Bond in action oh, uh, last night. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I watched it uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks oh, ago. When it came out, like, I don't know right the when movie it came called out. No, no time to die. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. I I spent no time waiting to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. I I liked it a lot. Yeah. Me too. Oh. Me too. It it was good. I it, fa- I want to talk about it, but I feel like it might be a lot of speakers, uh, a lot of uh, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, right? A James Bond movie with spoilers. You know what? Shall we do? Shall we do a? a, a Shall we just talk about what we think of the movie and then do a little spoiler segment? Yes, but we need to really call out that it's a spoiler segment because right. I don't want to ruin this for anybody. Because, yeah, right. it's, a, it's a an good, enjoyable movie. It's a clever movie, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so let, let's let's just talk about what we thought. And then we'll do like a 10-minute Osama warns people that it's spoilers. And then we'll yes. talk about spoilers. <laughs> okay, good. let's do it. All right, All right so I'll give you my verdict then. So I... I probably would say that this is my favorite James Bond movie of all time. Wow. I really, really enjoyed it. And like the last one that made me think that way was Casino Royale. So it's kind of like a nice bookend thing for Daniel Craig. Well done. Right, right. (laughs) Um, He made like two of my favorite James Bond movies. He did three for me because Skyfall is also up there. Skyfall is amazing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not quite sure if Skyfall is a James Bond movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Um, this one I enjoyed immensely um, I thought the plot on the story was uh, very nice I loved the character development and the character arc um, the action and the chasing scenes were super good and the locations in which they shot the movies I thought were amazing right yeah for sure really nice back sets for um, for a lot of the actions going on yeah. highly recommended. I, uh, I I agree mostly. I think the plot was a little uneven at times, but uh, because the overall sort of story really... You've got like the plot and then you've got the things they're doing, mm-hmm. right? And I think the plot is relatively strong. Uh, it has some weaker points in the second half, but the things they're doing don't always match up with the plot. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's used to really great effect. There's a um, there's a great uh, action sequence at uh, I think at Osama's honeymoon, uh, <laughs> where there's just like it's a really fun scene, uh, action, uh, quite ridiculous, honestly. Uh, yeah. I think that, I think in Cuba, um, and it's just it's it's really silly. It's like old old school James Bond levels of silly. Yeah, uh, but it works really well. Yeah, yeah. For the movie, right? It still drives the plot forward, and but then there's also sequences where I'm just like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I can continue watching this. Yeah. Um, the movie had no uh, no intermission in in um, in the Netherlands, which is um, most movies, in Sweden. Most movies have a break in the middle, but if it doesn't, you know, if you want to go to the restroom or grab a snack, you have to hop out at some mm-hmm. point. And there were just scenes where at the start of the scene, you could immediately tell like, this is a good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, it's good to have breathing room. But I feel like every now and then the um, it, it, there were just moments in the movie where I wasn't that interested. And I have to say, and I'm really sad to say this, but a lot of the scenes featuring the primary antagonist, who you know, the actor shares my first name, mm-hmm. uh, were actually a lot of those scenes where I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I guess, fair, yeah, not uh, not the strongest Bond villain. No, sure. no, not not even close. Yeah. Which was kind of a kind of a kind of a letdown. Um, yeah. I like the actor but, though, in general. Yeah, yeah, me too. Although he, he's you know he's messed up my Google SEO. Which is, <laughs> I can imagine. You can't be the only Rami, Rami. No, but I, I, I was for a while. I was like one of the most prominent Ramis in the world, and now there's like five of them. Good. There's like a TV series called Rami. There's Rami Melek. There's football players called Rami. There's there's too much Rami. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's never enough Rami. That's uh, no, 
for my SEO. <laughs> <You know? laughs> definitely, definitely enough Rami. Everybody, just find slightly different names. <laughs> um, Ramu, let's go for it. Ramu, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I. So I thought I thought that didn't quite work. The the sort of like uh, plot thing in Beijing, you know, like the 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 plot device. Uh, I thought that was fun. Rami, it sounds like you're skipping the synopsis and going to the detailed stuff. So should we just talk about the detailed stuff? Uh, or about the synopsis, you mean? Yeah, about like, um, you know, like you're getting your verdict and then we're going to give the spoiler warning and talk about, uh, you know, the details of the movie. Right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let's, let's just move to... I mean, there is a thingy that threatens the world. Is not really a spoiler for James Bond, I feel. Of course, yeah. That's not a sort of spoiler. So... Yeah. Um, but okay, shall, shall we just move to spoiler? I I enjoyed the movie, and I, I I again I agree with you that it's in my top three favorite Bond movies. Mm-hmm. I would just probably go Skyfall, No Time to Die, Casino Royale. Okay, yeah, that's a good list. Right, and then uh, Quantum of Solace is at the bottom of my James yeah, Bond movies. Yeah, I don't like that movie at all. Right, and then I think Spectre exists. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a rating for it. It just yeah. I forget. I forgot. I forgot almost entirely that Spectre existed. It's somewhere there, right? It exists. It's yeah. it's it's definitely a movie, and there are there are movie things to it. Yeah. Um. Oh right, yeah. Let's do spoilers. Osama, can you do this? Can you can you just warn people that there are spoilers? People, there are spoilers from this <laughs> point. <laughs> there will be spoilers about the Bond movie. I will mark it for you to make it extremely clear. You have been warned. Uh, yeah, if you want to skip this entire segment, check the show notes. Uh, if Osama if Osama puts them in, uh, if he doesn't put them in, just kind of pray and guess where you see the episode, um, and I hope you don't land on like the big spoilers. I, I like my uh, warning better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, and you're I'm, just and more I'm useful. A, and I'm, I'm, I'm a producer, so I'm doing worst case, best case scenario, and like, what if Osama doesn't have time to do the show notes? And so, you know, uh, either wait until Osama does them or just guess. It'll or be fine. Inshallah. 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 It will all be fine. Okay. Yalla. Let's go. Spoilers. So. Oh, I don't know. Like, it's kind of hard to go spoilers without starting at the biggest one, I guess. Right. I, but it's also kind of hard to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so hey, let's, let's work our way up for it. So okay. I. So what I what I liked about the movie is that this is a movie like I think that makes James Bond the most human I've seen him in any movie before. Right. Like for it sure. really humanizes the character, grounds him. Um, gives him emotions, you know, like he had emotions, he had feelings for um, for people before, but he is vulnerable in this movie. Yeah. You know, like he has weak points and his weak points is for, you know, um, the person that he loves. And um, that is a weakness that got exploited multiple times in this movie. Yep. Um, in which like, you know, he thought about that he is getting exploited at first, then he was tricked into it. Because that was also another exploit that was used against him, and then he was literally held under that um, um, to you know th- that guys to give in to the enemy's demand kind of thing. Right. Yeah, he's he's definitely vulnerable in the movie, and and I I like that because it makes it makes the strength stronger. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that was sort of like the defining feature of of Craig's James Bond character is that Bond got to be strong out of vulnerability, yeah, instead of just being strong, yeah, right. Uh, and I, I always liked that about about Craig's Bond. I thought they kicked that off really well in Casino Royale That's true. and kind of kept kept that threat rolling. Um, but also, like, I think the other big thing to just consider is obviously how much of an impact continuity has had on this movie. That's true, right? Like, I don't think uh, James Bond series had this much continuity. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Like, you miss yeah. stuff if you miss the James Bond movie. I've <laughs> never had right. that before, you know? It's it's funny because they do a pretty good job of... Uh, because I, I like watching things like that where I'm like, okay, what if I knew nothing about this, yeah. right? And I went into Avengers Endgame like that. Uh, into Infinity War, into the new James Bond, any movie that requires previous viewing, I always go in, what if I didn't know anything? And they do a really good job of setting up the main characters, 
of uh, setting up Swan, of setting up Bond, uh, setting up uh, Vesper, and and all of the other characters. So, so they do an incredible job mm-hmm. of of setting up who's who. Yeah. Right. Um, even if you haven't seen the other movies, but if you've seen the other movies, there's definitely extra depth to a lot of what's happening. Yeah. It also really, really clearly shows which Bond movies in the Craig era were completely superfluous. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you can skip those if, ones, no problem. <laughs> right. If you if you skip uh, Quantum of Solace and you skip Spectre, you will still be totally fine. Yep. Uh, because Spectre <laughs> kind of gets ex- explained away. Like, they actually literally have to retcon a large part of Spectre. Yeah. Uh, which they do. And in Quantum of Solace, basically nothing happens except for uh, one interrogation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also gets explained in like three words, and the character is not actually important to yeah. to the movie much. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of messy. I, I feel like this formula could have worked better if they kind of knew where they were going with it at the start. But also, it's James Bond. That's just not how they used to shoot James Bond movies. And I guess they kind of had to adapt as things went. Yeah. They did a pretty admirable job of pulling everything together. I feel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, um, I think like the the whole Daniel Craig saga now feels connected and complete. Yeah, for sure. And some really good, some really good. Like, um, they found good ways to hurt Bond. Oh yeah. So right. I think I think that like this vulnerability and his obvious weak points kind of. Over like um, give some overshadowing over like um, this will also be uh, could lead to his demise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stakes. There are stakes. The stakes it feels are like high. Stakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they they make they make very clear that the stakes are the stakes are not really a a cop out, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a scene near the middle of the movie where Bond loses a character he very clearly cares for. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like a, a love-hate friendship kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very clear that this is not a like, oh, in the next movie, they'll be fine. Like, yeah. this is like, no, no, this is this is it. This, yeah. They're you know, dead, dead. They're <laughs> yeah. dead, dead. Um, which I really appreciate. Like, Bond doesn't lose people that he actually cares for. Yeah. Right? He loses people all the time, but it's like, okay, yeah, this person is dead now. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, let's go on with the job, right? I think I think that puts us on a pretty fast railroad towards the final spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> don't, th- don't think there's a way around this one. Yeah. One more spoiler warning, y'all. <laughs> y'all, for real. Um, I think I think how much we stress that this is a spoiler warning should also give away kind of what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, I did not expect to see, like, you know, the the end of James Bond being caught uh, in a movie like that before. No, I did not expect that either. I didn't, wait, I didn't wait, like end of James Bond, as in James Bond dies? He dies in the movie, yeah. James Bond dies. Wow, that's big. Yeah, he dies in a pretty a big third, way, too. I think we needed a third spoiler warning for that one. Uh, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, um, um, and it, and it's a relatively well executed twist, mm-hmm. I will say. Yeah, because um, you can't. You there is this moment in the movie where you know, you just know. Mm-hmm. There, there's no way out. They're, like the the way they've set up the themes of the movie and the way they've set up the narrative of the movie, like it all points at this has to end, right? Yeah. Um. And from that point on, you're just waiting for them to like, psych, (laughs) but they don't. And that was actually really, that was just really good cinema to me. Like, you you know it's coming, there's no way around it, and still you're thinking it's James Bond. Mm. It's James Bond, there's no way it's got, oh my god. Surely he'll make it. There'll be something like, uh, you know, he'll grab a hang glider or like a helicopter or a submarine or do a backflip. I don't know. Um, but no, no, there, there's no point for the character anymore to do any of that. Um, I liked it. It, it. 
the movie hit pretty hard for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's because of this, right? To keep kind of like, yeah, it's gonna. I, I, what's the point of watching the movie if I know how's it gonna end? And then they go like, yep, you didn't see this coming, and we're not backing up from it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a good scene. It's a strong scene. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the character gets played to its like logical conclusion. Like yeah. uh, some a person like Bond has no other way out. Yeah, exactly. Right? Especially um, now that he has a family. Right. Which uh, oh, oh, spoilers by the way. <laughs> um, uh, Bond has a family now, uh, oh. including a child. Oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, his his final sacrifice is for them. Yes. So, uh, uh, so I kind of think that um, um, they're gonna pull off um, something similar to like um, an Uncharted Four here, whereas like the next uh, Bond movie might be the next Bond might be you know his daughter. Might, might. Might also not. I mean, it would kind of invalidate his sacrifice in some ways, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, no, I thought it was really strong. The, the The basic premise of the movie is that Bond is made into a danger for his uh, partner and daughter mm. uh, in such a way that he cannot be near them, mm-hmm. and his existence is a threat to their existence. Uh, they explain this using nanobots, which are one of the best de- plot devices to just say, "Well, they do this." <laughs> that's it we're not going to explain it that's just what they do and uh yeah they're I all guess. fans of kojima they're like let's, right let's add nano machines to this <laughs> nano machines so the nano machines make bond into a, yeah. a clear and present danger to his family and he decides that he would rather make sure that he completes his job and is not a threat to them who's they um, Dalali Lule Lo. <laughs> right <laughs> what? Uh, so bond just kind of gets there. Bond just kind of gets obliterated hmm. um, and does that from a place of love. And I actually thought that was, the, I mean, if you look too closely at the scene, you know, don't, don't look too closely at the scene. But if you think like, if you think of it as the logical conclusion of the character to find love and acceptance and um, a reason to care, that is probably the best thing that could have happened to Bond hmm. in his life. And to have that be the conclusion of his character is probably the best way they could have concluded that character. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're saying is in the sequel, the nanobots will reconstruct the new Bond. A better oh, bond. Did absolutely. So yeah, the yeah, nanomachines yeah. Could, uh, could end up sorting everything out, as usual. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I, found, I found the ending really good. And honestly, I like the scene after even more. Uh, because obviously it's played to pretty big dramatic uh, stakes. Like, right, it, it's a dramatic scene. It plays out dramatically. Um, music, uh, you know, people crying, uh, all that. And then the next scene is back at MI6 headquarters. And it's just sort of like Bond's colleagues sitting around, having a toast, and then putting the glass down and going, well, back to work. Mm-hmm. And I actually, that that was the scene that really got me, is that, all of this, and the world is gonna just go, right? It's just gonna keep going, and everything continues. Um, and I feel that was a really good. That was probably the better send off <laughs> between the send offs. Mm. Um, was yeah, it's Bond. He stands for more than just a person. He, he's an ideal or an idea uh, of of the person who stands between us and chaos. And there will always be a Bond, even if it's not this person right uh, i like that i thought it was really well done super well done i'm really now curious to see what the next bond is gonna be like um i, I thought it was also super cool to see a female 007 in the movie i uh, really enjoyed her character i thought she was very clever and smart nomi yeah 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 uh, nomi was cool very uh cool character. I, yeah she was uh, she was um uh more by the book than Bond, yeah, exactly. which I, which I thought was uh, was good. Mm. It played well against um, against James. Yeah, I would watch a Nomi movie as well. I would watch a Nomi movie. Yeah. That said, um, I also really liked um, um, Paloma. Mm-hmm. 
the um, the CIA agent in Cuba by uh, Ana Darmas. Oh, yeah, yeah, I loved her. Uh, it was probably the most fun the movie allowed itself to be. Yeah. And it worked really well. Yeah. It uh, it kind of gave gave me the feeling that there is indeed room for two types of James Bond in this world. Yeah. The one that's completely cheesy. Mm-hmm. And the one that's as self-serious as this one. Yeah, yeah, the whole scene felt like an homage to a traditional Bond of all and uh, it worked worked really well. Right. Yeah. She she really like for the what four minutes she's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the most memorable scenes of the movie. Yeah, she owned it. Yep, it was fun. Cool. Ending James spoilers. Bond. That's James Bond. No time to die. Right. No time to spoil. No time to die. No time to spoil anymore. We're out of spoiler time. <laughs> out of spoiler we have to get time. back to no spoiler time. Osama, can you bring us back to there are no spoilers? There are no spoilers. We're back. Perfect. Perfect. And we're back. <laughs> Hello. If you, if you like spoilers, send uh, spoilers <laughs> to info <laughs> at thehabibis.com. Please do not send spoilers. <laughs> Don't do that. Can okay. you imagine checking your email and just being like, Dumbledore dies? Like, what? <laughs> Bruce Willis was dead all along. Oh, oh my no. god. <laughs> in, in Die Hard? In Die Hard. Yes. Yes. That's why it's called Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps dying harder for the rest oh, of the Oh no. <laughs> you spoiled it for me. <laughs> Can you imagine a Die Hard like cinematic universe though? Now I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> Don't they have like five movies or something? I, I don't know. I, I stopped caring at some point. <laughs> I stopped after I, the third one. I've never seen the yeah. fourth or the fifth. I saw the fourth five? one on an I airplane. I don't know how many there are. I saw the fourth one on an airplane. Okay. It was a very it was a very airplane movie. Okay. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, you, you mentioned Uncharted earlier. Did you watch the Uncharted trailer? I did. I did. New movie? I did. You I did. know what? I had zero feelings. <sighs> I had one was, feeling. It was absolutely a trailer. Yeah. Yeah, that, but that's about that's about that's the extent of feeling. Of feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was it. It was just absolutely a trailer. There were characters and set pieces, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I okay. I have two feelings about it. The first mm-hmm. is it did not, even though I recognize some of the scenes, like you know, in the trailer where the airplane opens up and all the the things are flying, and you had to climb that. I remember playing that. Mm-hmm. I did not feel that it was an uncharted movie. It didn't feel yeah. uncharted. And I don't know why. It felt like a normal heist movie. That's all it, it felt like. And the second is I could not stop thinking about Spider-Man. I just couldn't. Yeah. Spider-Man I, would never get hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like I felt that the casting of Tom Holland, he's a bit younger to be yeah. uh, Nathan Drake. Yeah. But I think that's what they're doing story-wise, right? They're they're saying this is like a prequel, but also they're using all the set pieces from the games. Well, he's still using set pieces from Uncharted Three, I've seen. So, like you know, right. like my brain kind of broke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're saying that that is not their story. Mm-hmm. They're saying just ignore all the games, and this is the character from the games. But we're pretending we're starting like young Nathan Drake starting to do his adventures, and we're just gonna immediately skip to Uncharted Three. Without actually skipping to Uncharted three, oh, which is confusing, yeah. but I get yeah, it. Basically, I just it it, it was it was the, I normally feel something at everything, and I didn't feel anything here, yeah, which yeah. was really sort of uh, concerning. I didn't for the movie. I didn't react well to the casting. Mark Wahlberg felt that he's more of a, a Nathan Drake than yeah. Tom Holland is. <laughs> and suddenly true. he didn't have a mustache. I was like, it's, I don't know what's going on. What is going? on? Sully still has to grow the mustache. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it takes many years to grow a mustache. I'm not going like to wait, wait two movies until I see a mustache. I want it, <laughs> I want it in the trailer. You know it's going to be at the end of the first movie, right? <laughs> and he grows the mustache. Like right. He turns like, around they, and like, he's looking at you, kid. They do the, they do the Casino Royale thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, where at the end of the first movie, it's where you go like, "Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> there's the line." Uh, they're one hundred percent going to pull that. I will yeah. watch it. I will watch yeah, the Uncharted sure. movie. Of course, I will watch the Uncharted movie. But also, I'm I'm bracing to walk out of it the way I walked out of Cats. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe not that bad. Yeah, but I doubt they'll stoop to that level. But yeah. No. I mean, I feel like I, I feel I will walk out. My current guess is I will walk out of Uncharted feeling less happy about having watched it 
that I felt felt when I walked out of Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> I haven't seen which that. I actually quite enjoyed Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I feel like this will be a movie and I will walk out of it and be like that was Wait, a movie. Bad Boys for Life is like the third Bad Boys movie. Yeah, it's the one where they're old. Okay, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's good. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's surprisingly just fun. Okay. It's very Bad Boys. Okay, Sounds yeah, I haven't good. seen it either. I I saw the first two. I liked Bad Boys back in the day. Yeah, yeah, they do a good job of making it work now. Good, which is nice. Um, so yeah, yeah uncharted wow. movie didn't. Well, Rami, other than right. watching um, video game trailers, have you played any actual video games? Ooh. Uh yeah, I, I I made a mistake. Uh, I made a big mistake. I booted up Animal Crossing again in anticipation of the upcoming update. <laughs> Did and, you find uh, all the villagers and pitchforks and stuff? Where? Yeah, just everybody was just kind of like, "Wow, where have you been?" Yeah. I, I I thought I was just never going to see you again. I'm walking around looking at like weeds around the place. I had to kill like seventy five cockroaches. My hair was all messed up. Um, I had to move some stuff, and like I I don't know. I just I feel miserable and unhappy, and I never want to play the video game again oh, no. um but that's always what happens to uncharted with me uh, uncharted with animal crossing <laughs> with me um, crossing animal crossing game. starting tom holland as um <laughs> kk slider yeah, yeah. <laughs> i not? can see tom holland do that after seeing him do umbrella i believe he can do anything with music i'm, I'm good um but yeah no the um so Animal Crossing, I, I played that for a little bit and then realized like this is probably a bad idea and I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna. Um, I played uh, Flight Simulator mm-hmm. and uh, I'm actually using it for my actual training now. Because uh-huh. uh, I don't know if I... Uh, I think I told this, but I'm picking up my pilot's training again. Yay! Um, and um, yeah, it's my birthday. Uh, and when this comes out, it's my birthday in two days. Wow, uh, I'm I'm the 30th of October, so uh, I have a double lesson book for that day. I got my my aviation sunglasses. I got my headset. Uh, I got most of my gear, so uh, I'm I'm ready to like really pick things up again. Nice. Uh, but part of that is you have to learn the available approaches and like takeoffs and the circuits and sort of like the place you can fly and you can't fly. So I've been just studying the the local air map. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or the chart as they call it, yeah. And um, I'm just flying those in flight simulator. That's cool. It's uh, surprisingly useful. It's useful, yeah. Because you know, big airplanes fly on instruments, uh, something called IFR, uh, and uh, I fly uh, VFR, visual flight rules. Mm-hmm. So I can only fly really by you know what what I see. Um, and sure, there are some additional like tools to help you figure out where you are, but mostly you're tr- you're flying by what you're seeing, um, and you know finding visual cues of like, oh, here's this eco duct, you know, this this sort of like grass patch that goes over a highway to allow animals to cross from one side of the highway to the other. That actually perfectly aligns me with like the entry point for the circuit for you know r- runway seven. Uh, f- finding that in Flight Simulator has been really helpful. Nice. Because it's actually just Earth. It's based on satellite photos. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been fun. I've been flying my Cessna around. I also, because my mom is really worried about me taking flight lessons. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's like, these Cessnas, they look not sturdy. <laughs> and so I've just I've just simulated a bunch of emergencies just for fun and see what I could do if something went wrong in the airplane, mm. uh, you know, engine stop or whatever. Um, and uh, Hilversum has plenty of places to set the airplane down pretty safely. Yeah. So you know, you never know, but um, airplanes are incredibly safe, and it seems like in case of emergency, Hilversum is a pretty good place to be. So I don't expect any emergency situations, but. That's if there are, I've now prepared for them a little. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I'm happy you're back to doing it. Yeah, yeah me too. too. It, it's a hobby that I've, you know, I picked it up a decade ago and then just kind of couldn't continue. And mm-hmm. Might as well pick it up. I have, um, I'm, I'm planning six to eight months of training. Um, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to hit that or, but it seems doable uh, doing two lessons a week. Wow. Okay. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm going for the fast one because I know like life is starting again. You know, I'm gonna be in 
England, most of the, the well, by now, by the time people listed this, the, the past week, mm-hmm. uh, going to Brighton for uh, develop. Oh, yeah. Um, so events are starting again. Like, my availability is going to get shorter. So I just want to get through it. Understand. Uh, and I can I can make the the I can make the discipline and dedication to the training. To you know I I learn fast, so six months should be plenty. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you already know how to fly. I mean. <laughs> There's a big difference between flying in a simulator and flying in real life. But uh, I know the procedures. I know the way to think about it. I know how to calculate stuff. I know you know what happens when things go wrong. But there's a difference between. You know the stuff you pulled in an airplane, Osama. Um, if you do that in a flight simulator, you're you're just gonna go like, "Oh no, I'm I'm falling." <laughs> if you do it in a real airplane, you're like falling, <laughs> and the ground is getting closer really fast, and the chance that you do the right thing gets smaller as stress increases, right? Of course. So you know one of the books you have to read, and one of the things you have to exercise is just your stress responses. Like, how do people react to stress? The lack of oxygen, what are visual illusions, how does your body react to like certain movement or or like how does your balance work? Uh, all that stuff is part of you know your uh, your theory your theory um, um, and also of your practice. And then I played uh, I played inscription mm-hmm. uh, which is a horror roguelike card game that is incredibly hard to explain except for you're mostly sacrificing stuff for blood uh, and then uh, just kind of murder happens okay um, it, it's really good it's like it's like you know when when um, a few months ago I had loop hero as kind of my 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 sudden obsession mm-hmm. uh, inscription is that right now uh, it's just it's clever it's smart it's really confident in what it is Mm -hmm. uh and you know it i don't know i'm not going to spend much more time because i feel i've been talking a lot uh this episode i want to hear about inscription yeah i want to hear about the game a bit yeah it's very good like basically it's a card game it you could call it a little it has a little bit of magic in there right um and it's very much a it's really hard to explain uh, it's it's a card game where you're building up, uh, you're building up and 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 trying to um, trying to escape from this evil thing, hmm. and you're using um, you're using a a card game to get out. Um, so is it like tile based? Because I'm looking now, and you're placing the cards kind of on a grid. So yeah, it's sort of like uh, you know the 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 ones that are um, yeah. It, it honestly, you're if you if you feel like it looks a little like magic, it it very much plays a lot like a magic, just weirder. I see. Okay. Um, but a lot of it is in like the way the little cards react and the way they they animate and uh, sort of like the story behind it. It's like a narrative game, hmm. uh, which is also wild. Um, there's um there's your deck there's like ways to like sacrifice cards to like um make other cards more powerful there's lots of way to make your cards stronger um there's just a lot going on but it, it is definitely it is a kind of game where it grows in such a it grows in such an enticing way like your possibility space grows in such an enticing way that I, I feel that is a huge part of the game. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I would just recommend, you know what? I would just recommend just download this game. If you like, if you have any love for card games or creepy stuff, mm-hmm. not like scary stuff, but creepy stuff. If you have any love for card games or creepy stuff, just go get Inscription and play it. Hmm. Well, speaking of card games... Osama's been playing a bunch of card games recently. <laughs> yes, I have. Oh, yeah, you're Magic. Yes, I started playing Magic again. Um, I, I really, really had the urge. I hadn't played in, I think, five or six years. The last time I played seriously was when I was working at Ubisoft. And recently, as in about a week and a half ago, two weeks, um, I joined a Magic tournament at a card store. And it, it's a card store that a friend recommended because, you know, there, there are 
card stores of all types. They're the ones when you walk in and you feel like I shouldn't have walked in here, right? People like stare at you. Everyone's uncomfortable or whatever it is. And then there are ones that are extremely friendly. So I found a really friendly one recommended by a friend. Everyone was really, really kind. And I showed up and I wasn't the oldest person there. So that was a good sign. <laughs> there was one other person who looked like they were, they were about my age. And uh, that was good because, like, you know, it's, it's kind of intimidating to show up and play these things and everybody is... You're only playing against 12-year-olds. Yeah, something <laughs> like that, right? And it can happen. Like, Yeah, it can. Especially yeah. with Magic and these kinds of games, right? Yes. Here, like, I was, like, I was uh, like, either the oldest or the second oldest person there. There was one other person around my age. So still, it was that. But it didn't fe- I didn't feel out of place. So that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, the second thing is I was playing a set that I knew nothing about. So it was really like I'm out of practice. I'm real. I don't know if there are any new rules. I kind of looked quickly, and it didn't look like there were any new rules or major rules changes, except for the mulligan and how it works, and that was not that big of a deal. So I was like, but I was still, you never know. Uh, I don't know the set at all. The set I played was called uh, Kaldheim, which is kind of a um, a successor mm-hmm. to Ice Age and Cold Snap, which are the snow covered lands and snow covered permanents. Uh, I like those other sets, but beyond that, I knew nothing about the set at all. Like, what's a good card in this set? What's a bad card? Um, and I was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And the first match, I actually won both games. Wow, nice. And I was like, what? what's going on? They were both extremely close. I built a red-blue giant tribal deck because the first card that I opened was this card that was it was a really good giant that was helped by having other giants. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just lean into this and see how far I could take it. And apparently I could take it really far. Uh, but then my second match, I lost both. <laughs> oh. And and both were very close. So I'm like, you know what? You know, luck of the draw. I, I got land, a little land flooded in the first one, a little mana screwed in the second one. So uh, it's not so bad. And I kept doing that. The entire time I, I like either broke even or or won, but it was close or lost, it was close. And I ended up finishing fifth place, which I was super, super happy with. Well done. Represent. Wasn't it? It was eight players, right? Yeah. A, so it's like, it is. Right. It's an eight-player draft. Right. No, I, I just wanted to make sure because last week we said, like, what if you turn ninth? But fifth is, <laughs> is good. No, because they rank it by wins and losses. So I had, like, right. two zero zero two one two, right? Nice. So and you ended up fifth. Yeah, I was not last, and that's what I was worried about. I was really because everyone there was talking about, oh, this card's good with this, and this has synergy, and do this one. And and that Osama one. just has Osama skills, <laughs> and Osama luck. I am a pretty lucky person. I mean, uh, you know, like with drafting, sure you can grab you can grab a good card, but there's a there's a difference between grabbing a good card and then knowing what to do with it. Yeah, that's true. And I- having grabbing a good card and then just doing random stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty decent with with deck building. It's actually like, it used to be my strength back when I used to play Magic. Before I could see like how cards combo well together and uh, like find synergies that aren't obvious. But I wasn't confident, and that's why I went with the obvious giants help giants thing this time. I wasn't confident that I would would be able to do that because I'm so out of practice. You know what I mean? Right. But it worked out. I actually f- found some interesting combos that were not giants, and I played colors that I don't normally play and. Leaned into yeah because you you were red green I was red blue in this one well but normally oh normally I'm green I like I like the Naya colors so my favorite colors are white and green mostly green and Mm -hmm. I I, if I splash I usually usually splash red Um, Mm -hmm. so except for my my favorite deck which is not that which is my artifact recursion deck almost all my decks have green in them and they're almost always like third like I like mana ramping and I like big creatures Uh, so. Almost all my decks are like thirty, sorry, forty percent green, and then other colors. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, it is what it is. Well, it's it's it sounded like you had a good time with it. I had a great time, and um, I o- almost went back again, and I had to be like, okay, pace yourself, Osama. Don't go every week. That's too much. <laughs> so when 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 is next? Like two weeks? And about two weeks, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna yeah. make it a once a month type thing. Uh, buying nice. all these cards again, or you never sold yours. I never sold mine. I have my uh-huh. collection for... Actually, that's that's wrong. When I first started playing Magic a long time ago, um, I got rid of my cards Before when I stopped I playing. Born. Yeah, those <laughs> cards now, no, like honestly, 
easily would have been worth maybe $10,000 now had I kept them. Because I had like dual lands and things that are like, you know, worth a lot of money. I'd never had a Black Lotus, but I had like other cards that are like worth a stupid amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then I learned my lesson from that when I started playing again. I'm like, I wish I had those cards. <laughs> um, so I never got rid of the, anything since. And I have I have pretty good cards now, but old cards. Um, but yeah, so, but the thing is when I, when I stopped playing, I just stopped buying cards and now I don't buy individual cards because I just like drafting. I don't want to, you know, spend right. hundreds of dollars on a deck and compete that way. It's not, that's not interesting to me, like compete by how much money you can spend. I'd rather like everyone started limited. Everyone starts with the same card pool and you just play with what you have. That's a lot more fun to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're very passionate about the thing you just described because I just had to make like six notes for things to delete in the edit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Like, oh, no. Sub is getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Well, I can't help it. It's, it's magic. No. It's, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, magic was a, was a big game for me. I was, I was always a Pokemon. I started with po- Pokemon was my entry, like was my entry game and then Yu-Gi-Oh and then Magic and I played Magic for a long time until somebody else sold all my cards. It was your mom? <laughs> no, not my mom. <laughs> no, if, I, if my mom had sold my cards, I would not be playing video games. Right now. I'm trying to guess who <laughs> would sell your cards. What's going on? Somebody sold my cards and bought Lego with them. <laughs> oh, no. Sounds like a sibling. So, that was very disappointing. <laughs> it was very disappointing. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, it immediately quit me from collectible card games and probably saved me a lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah. Magic. But, magic. <laughs> I, I hope to play you sometime. We, we can yeah. draft and stuff. It'll be fun. That sounds fun. You played any video games, Osama? Yes. So I played, I finished the first act of Back for Blood. Which I know doesn't sound impressive, but it's actually half the game. <laughs> so Act One is half the game. Act Two is another quarter, and Act Three is the is the last quarter. You played um, it with friends? Yes, I, I'm not playing it alone anymore. That game yeah, is, nice. is not good alone. I like I made the mistake of trusting them when they said play the tutorial. I'm like, yeah, I'll do the tutorial alone, and then I'll jump in. There, there's no clear like guide when the tutorial starts and ends, or it's not. There's no big the, the distinguishing features from it and the rest of the game. It's just play the whole thing with friends. It's much better that way, anyway. I, I don't think it was. So I went back and replayed the from the beginning with friends just to get that full experience, uh, and I made it to halfway. I'm loving the game. It's really good. I can't wait to play it more and finish it. Um, I don't know how much lasting power it's gonna have because I didn't get there yet. Like I played Left 4 Dead one and two a lot, like replaying those missions over and over. I on Steam alone, and I played it across Steam and Xbox 360. On Steam alone, I have like 200 hours in Left 4 Dead two. Mm-hmm. And I must have had like ab- about as much on Xbox too, because you know back then it was there was no crossplay. So if you wanted to play with different people, you got the game twice, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is going to have that lasting power. I I think it can have some lasting power because of the card system and the progression. But the first game didn't have any of that. It was just the gameplay. So I'm not sure if uh, if uh, how long I'm going to play. But I do know I'm going to finish it. This is it's just a lot of fun. What about you, Fel? Did you play some more? I played a little bit more also, but um, I think around a similar thing. I finished Act 1 as well. I played with mm-hmm. a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. You know, like um, it's, uh, what I said last week kind of still sticks around. It's, it's fun to hang around with friends. It's fun to um, to just goof around. The level design, I really enjoy Enjoy like how it like takes you around the map. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's, it's one of those things that I like... Um, Something that I'm doing while I'm hanging out with friends, kind of. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I also uh, tried to play the, well, I started playing the Artful Escape. Uh-huh. Uh, no. Yes, I like it. I like it a lot. I, Ooh, I, I love that game. It's not, it's not the kind of game I would normally have told you that is my type of game, but I'm mm-hmm. actually really enjoying this one. Um, I do see what you mean. I, at some point, I think it was Fauzi who said that there are a lot of, uh, interesting design choices there, or I don't know if you, you, you like if that's a word that you use, but they're kind of like naive design choices or like uh, beginner design choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I noticed right away is that if you double tap the jump, you like jump and it buffers the second input, and then when you land, you jump again, and like little yeah. things like that where you would a, a more experienced designer would check for it. 
But on the other side, the storytelling is compelling. It's visually really appealing. I actually want to know what happens next. Like I really genuinely like the, 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 the want to know what happens next. I'm really enjoying it. The music is really good. I guess that's not surprising. Yeah, <laughs> the music like, is great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm looking forward to playing some more. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to hear what you think once you finish it. Absolutely. How, how far in are you? So I didn't I, get, I didn't get too far. I did the fir- first sequence. I'm in the village uh, or the town, when, and I'm talking to everybody in the town. So I played like uh, a uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's gonna get so much. I want to hear what I want to hear what you think next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. okay, okay, yes. Yes, that, that, that game is on my it's gonna land somewhere in my top 10 games this year for sure yeah it, it, it will have to be a really extraordinary year if it doesn't right yeah wow i have to start working on my list what are my top <laughs> games this year my list yeah. is overgrown but also like i'm looking at stuff on my list and like i remember there's hitman 3 and i'm like oh man yes yeah <laughs> hitman 3 was this year <laughs> Right. Wow. Yeah, but pretty much everything we've talked about on the Habibis was this year. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Good point. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of games. That's going to be fun. I mean, we could do something around our game of the year thing at yeah. the end of the year. I mean, we could. Also, you've done your all your top 10 games of all time. Yes. So we should probably figure out something for end of year. Absolutely. To, uh, to figure out a Habibi stop ten. Oh yeah, that would be nice. I, I would love to do uh, more. That sounds fun. Uh, Suhoor yeah. bites like mini episodes on my you top know, ten Ramadan games of the like year. Twelve days away, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> always, always twelve days. Always away. Uh, Ramadan is always around the corner. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to doing more Suhoor bites. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. me too. Uh, a lot of work, but really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Fauzi, how about you? Besides Bond? I told you, I played a little bit of Left 4 Dead, and that's about it. Oh, yeah. Really. yeah. Yep. Left 4 Dead, right, yeah. right, yeah. Left 4 yeah. Dead. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, said that, I said that last week. As I'm like, every time I'm going to talk about this game, I'm going to say Left yes. 4 Dead. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. What was it again? Dead 4 Left? <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't. I I genuinely I, I like that entire one. I'm like, what back, are you doing? Back for, back for more dead, dead? <laughs> back for blood. Back for blood. That's the one. Yes. <laughs> it's bar. Like I don't know. How, like I understand why they did it because yeah. you can just say left for dead and everybody understands it. Yeah. But also, yeah. I wonder if they tried to get the rights and and didn't. I'm curious how, about the, that conversation of what happened there. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll yeah. never know. Well, I think this is it for the show this week, actually. Wait, wait. Yeah. We got mail. Oh, oh, that's right. Of course. So if you have emails, send them to info at the Habibi.com. <laughs> Just no, like, like the following already... listeners have so that Osama can read them. <laughs> yes, we it. already got some. I, know I like that them. we again hurried Osama through an ending. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? I'm, I'm just not even going to try anymore at this point. <laughs> All right. Yalla. Emails. Well, Emails. Emails. I'll start with the first one by Danny Lloyd. He says, uh, hi, hi, Habibis. Uh, I was listening to your episode, Missing Giant Habibi Cat. And love the title, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't name an episode once, and this is the stuff that happens. So how many people love that title, by the way? I'm just saying. <laughs> and you were talking about what you guys thought of Sable. One issue you had was the visibility at night uh, during the game. I thought I'd check mm-hmm. it out because I've been looking for a Breath of the Wild type of game to play on Xbox. And I notice in the settings that if you go to display colors, you can change it from default to high visibility. So there's something that we didn't know about, and maybe it would have yeah, been. Yeah, I had that. no idea, actually. And that's not the kind of feature that you would normally think to go in the settings for. Yeah. So good on you, Danny, for checking it out. But, you know. Yeah, thanks for letting us know. But I never would think that, oh, I can't see stuff in this game at night. Let me see if I can turn, turn the night off. Or like, <laughs> right. Let me see if I can adjust the night and the options kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's That's really cool. a thing that shouldn't be an option, but it's good that it is an option, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you know <laughs> that sure. there's been a discussion in the team, right? Should we should we go artistic or should we go for clarity? And then like they couldn't agree and they were like, all right, let's leave it in the options. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
But that's uh, good so, to know. Now I, yeah. I, I want to turn it on and like have a look and see what that looks like. Yeah, yep. I don't. I don't think I still have it installed, but I think I'll install it just to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we have another mail, uh, an email by Asif Ismail, no mm-hmm. relation to to Rami, I guess. Um, and what he says is, he actually had two questions for us. The first question is, any thoughts on dropping merch? It's getting a bit chilly here in NYC, and I would def put down for a sick Habibi's <laughs> hoodie. Habibi's merch? Oh, I would Habibi's be down for a Habibi's down hoodie. For okay. They're like some but Habibi the Shadish. Yes, what, I'm down for what that we need, What we need is Habibi's mugs. Yes. <laughs> That's important. Habibi's fez. Uh, mugs with our mugs on them, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> This is this is classic Osama. Classic dad joke Osama. Habibi's Khalabiya. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. If you could find my size, good luck. Some some Habibi's fez, a tarbush. Oh yes. Yep. Oh yes. Absolutely. What else? What else do we need? A hoodie. Habibi's hoodie. Yeah, it's a little, a little, a little old school, a little bit okay. Hey, okay. I would wear it. That's why that's my criteria. It. Yeah, I, I would wear it too. I'd wear a Habibi's hoodie. I would. And I would. Do Habibi, you would not wear. You would not wear Habibi's chalabiyya. I would. I would absolutely. Next GDC. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also, not gonna get arrested. Habibi's <laughs> high top, flat brim, snapback, baseball cap. Habibi's ship ship. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yes. you can't buy them in pairs. You buy no. You buy individually. You buy them individually. Yeah, exactly. They're more like you ammo. Only... They're not really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to make sure no one wears wears them, we only make right ones, and that's it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect. Perfect. Love it. That sounds good. Yeah, maybe uh, I can look into it. I, I guess I've never really considered doing it. I didn't but, think about uh, that either. But yeah, that sounds cool. I'm down. All right, yeah. so he had another question. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So his question is, I'm getting married this weekend. Any advice? Ah, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, was, do we want to give Wait, what was the question? That's a lot of responsibility. It's any advice was his question. Any advice of what? Getting married? Well, getting that's married. what he said. So I guess the advice is get married. I don't right. know. <laughs> No. Yes, go ahead with it, please. <laughs> I don't know. We're not going to be the ones that are going to like, you know, this wedding is off. <laughs> <laughs> Speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, like we're, we're not the ones that are going to, like, we're holding our peace I mean, here at the <laughs> it's, it's a weird one because I've, I've, I have been married in the past, right? But I will say the your wedding is a phenomenal memory mm-hmm. and it is one of those things where there's two ways of doing it, and one of them is to be stressed out with everything being okay, and the other is just enjoying the wedding. Yeah, yeah. So just go and enjoy the wedding. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are people around you that you trust that can take care of all the other stuff, uh, but you don't have to. You don't have to in person make sure that everything goes okay. Just you know, welcome everybody, have a good time, enjoy the wedding, try to memorize every nice moment of it, and mm-hmm. then just yes, you know. I do have some marriage advice that I could give a little bit. Um, one oh, th- Osama's marriage advice. Wait, let me sit back for this. <laughs> let me grab a notepad. I'm, I'm taking notes. Yeah, I, I could. This I, is recorded, uh, now, by There's the way. too we much pressure. I, I, oh, yeah. no. I'm thinking. Uh, that's too much pressure. I, I, I changed my mind. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I was going to say, and a completely serious note. Um me and my wife are very, very different people. And a part of a successful marriage, alhamdulillah, we've had a very successful marriage for the last X years, almost 20 years. Um, The important thing is to always try to figure out what the needs of the other person are. One of the earliest mistakes that I made is I'm an extreme extrovert. And I think that will surprise nobody. I just want to see people all the time. (laughs) And my wife is actually an introvert. So, I used to compromise by saying, okay, you know what? I will go to half the things that I want to go to and you come with me. And that was a point of contention at the beginning. She didn't want to. She, you know, I didn't understand the difference between introvert and extrovert back then. And I thought I was compromising. And she couldn't understand why I had to bring her to everything. Because like I loved her and I wanted to be around her even when I was with my friends. So it took a while. And even till now, 
I'm still learning new things and figuring out new things about her likes and dislikes and her comfort zones and everything like that. Uh, so the initial mistake that we made is you think you're compromising, but it's not all about compromising. It's really about like listening, understanding, and figuring out what the other person wants and finding a good solution. So for us now, uh, if I want to go to a thing, no questions asked, I go. And she knows that I need that. I need to see my friends and I need everything. She knows that she's always welcome and always invited. Like she, I never invite her anymore because that puts pressure on her. So she knows. She's like, I want to come. I'm, and I, I, like, I light up. I'm super happy whenever she wants to come. And I know not to bother with her again. But like even as recently as before the pandemic, because we ha- we don't have really people over anymore, uh, I learned that if I wanted to have people over before, it used to be open door policy. Now, like I need to kind of prepare her in advance. You know, she ha- she needs to, to sit with the idea that people are coming over. That's just her. It's her process. That's what she needs to go through as an introvert. Um, and that's not a thing that, is, comes naturally to me. I'm used to, like when I lived alone after I left my parents' house, my door literally, I had a key that my friends knew where it was and they were able to come in whenever they wanted. I'd literally sometimes come home and there's someone on my couch sleeping. And I was like, oh, who is this? And I have to lift up, lift up the blanket to see which friend of mine crashed for the night. That's just who I, I am and how I'm comfortable, right? I love having that. For my wife, that would be a nightmare. She'd just get a hotel room and go somewhere else. <laughs> like she'd sleep somewhere else for the night. So it's really about that. Like, take the time. Don't just think that you're compromising because you're not doing the thing that you like. That's not what it's about. It's about understanding what the other person's needs and wants are and find a solution that works for both of you. That's it. That's amazing advice, Osama. Thank you, Habibi. And yeah, that sounds awesome. If I was to <laughs> add uh, one piece of advice, it would be one thing. If it's a wedding, there has to be a dubka. So... <laughs> <laughs> Watch a YouTube video if you don't know how to do it. If people don't know what you're doing, that's even better. Because you just want, like, you know, a chain of people just stomping their feet around, not knowing what they're doing to Dabka. That will make your night even more memorable. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm not going to do any relationship advice. I don't think I'm the right person for this. Definitely but, the right person. But when it comes to weddings, just... Enjoy the wedding. Yeah. And Mabruk. Mabruk, like, man. Mabruk. 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 That sounds Absolutely. amazing. Mabruk to both of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Some yeah, of you have any more emails. emails? No, I more think emails. that's it for this week. Wow. That's we kept, it for like, this have, week. If you we want kept to send. Sheikh, Sheikh Osama's relationship advice call. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would listen to this more often. Hag <laughs> Osama yeah. is the doctor love. I, yes, I, I, I'm blushing now. Doctor Hope, Doctor Hope, I love it. Doctor Hope <laughs> doesn't translate well, but I'll take it. Send send your relationship questions too. And no, no, no. no, 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 no. Ask Dr. about merch. I want merch. We'll read them up so we get merch. Osama Dorius, Doctor Hope. No, please tell me that won't stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it, it, you're too late, mate. This no. is this is thick. This no, is a, you, this is one of those glue things that you're never going to get off. Oh, it's going to be more like sticky than the, it's going to be more sticky than the email thing. It's, it's at least like, an episode is, title, at least. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, that's the one. That's the one. Let me put it. Let me put it in already. Uh, what did I get myself into? Thanks you for know. nothing, Asif. <laughs> Just. Just a new, just a new, uh, just a new joke for the for the show. It's important. <laughs> if you want What's everlasting love, similar to what Asif is gonna have, send your questions to info at thehabibis.com and Dr. Hosama is gonna give you the advice you need. <laughs> the, actually, one thing that Asif did that was really, really awesome is he actually told me how to pronounce his name, so I oh, didn't have cool. to guess. So thank you. That's it, nice. It, it, like I appreciate that. If you send emails and you don't want me to butcher your name, you know, there you go. Just tell me how to pronounce it. <laughs> Awesome. Incredible. That's it for this Fousey. week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say, wrap it up. I'm gonna start the music. Soon. Yeah, there you go. That's it for this <laughs> week. Thank you for joining us. See you next time, next place, sometime, inshallah. Salam. <laughs> Salam. <laughs> Salam. <laughs>
My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubela, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service, or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam.